0: Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom, live on BBS Radio, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners with one-on-one coaching and her million dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective income generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation and learn from one-on-one coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests how to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. If you wish to be coached now, get in the queue by dialing 888-627-6008. Each business owner is selected on a first-come, first-served basis. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach and certified financial educator, Shirlene Reeves.
1: Well, good, after, good evening, everyone, and I'm really looking forward to tonight's show because I think that it will strike many of you in the most important part of your heart, And you know, a number of times this week, for some reason, the law of attraction has come up. And I thought that in combination with the guests that we're having tonight, I might share with you something out of my book called Selling Through Your Heart. And it's a part of where I'm trying to go with what we're going to be talking about tonight and how we think about things. Because it's all about our thoughts. Now, the law of attraction is considered to be one of life's biggest mysteries. And as I said, it's been brought up many times this week. And when that happens, I know that that's something I have to bring to life on that show. And very few people are fully aware of how much of an influence it has on their day-to-day lives. And whether you're doing it knowingly or unknowingly, every second of your existence, you are acting as a human magnet. Because you're sending out your thoughts and emotions and you're attracting back to you more of what you put out. So guess what? That can work in the positive or the negative, because sending out the wrong thoughts and attracting more unwanted emotions and events into your life is why you may not be living the lifestyle you deserve. Now, having said this, discovering the law of attraction is at work within your life, and it should be a great cause for celebration, because once you clearly understand the power of the law of attraction, and you have mastered how to apply it effectively in your everyday life, your entire future is yours to create. And it's all based around the way we think. Now there was a time when I sat in the quiet of my little trailer, I only had 15 cents in my pocket, And I was actually living on the beach with my two boys. And they were very young. I mean, really young. They were seven and four. And I stopped to just breathe and reflect and focus on how I'd gotten to this place in my life of living on rice and beans. And how I could go from vastly rich to penniless and what seemed like an overnight event. Have you ever felt that way? I talked to so many entrepreneurs that say something very similar to me like that, and they can't figure out how they got there. And I could tell you, I'd made many, many, many golden mistakes to learn from, but I had very little knowledge about how to correct the desperate situation that the boys and I were living in. And that was when the theory of the life-changing three C's led me to the financial freedom and wealth. So as I closed my eyes on that day, I could hear the waves crashing against the shore and the seagulls calling as they flew overhead and the voices of my boys bantering back and forth while building sandcastles. And I thought, you know how fortunate I am to be alive healthy and at peace in this moment. I learned at a very young age that no matter how life challenged me, there was always something to be grateful for. And so I began to write the three C's, which are clearing, clarity, and confidence. These thoughts were delivered into my mind faster than I could pen them on a yellow pad. And I was literally writing this out while I was meditating. I don't know if you can do that. Some of us can, and even to this day, I do it. As I meditate, I write. And it's amazing what I read when I go back. I, I started this when I was about 16 years old, and I still use it today. And later reviewing those same words, it seemed like they were channeled into me. And I vowed to act on them diligently, knowing that there would soon be a shift that would take the three of us—the boys and I—to a better lifestyle. And following the system, the step-by-system step—excuse me—the <laughs> step-by-step system of the three C's—it changed my life and it changed my income. And It brought loving and caring friends into my world, and our guest today happens to be one of those. I suddenly, over time, became surrounded by beautiful, beautiful people and entrepreneurs. And it was a snapshot of the life that I wish to live, and perhaps it's a life you wish to live, too. And if you could, I want you to get out a pen And feel free to make a few notes as I read through this because I'm gonna give you some thoughts, some detail, and it will help you build on your next steps. Now, one of the things I wanna talk about is clearing. That's the most important one for our show today. And if you wanna read all about the three C's, then you can order my book online selling through your heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom. Now, clearing your past creates clarity about the lessons learned from the mistakes you've attracted. And I say mistakes you've attracted because you can't blame anyone else but yourself. And we all look at the same problem or challenge differently. But it's how we choose to think about the other person or problem that creates the pain and loss in your life. It's simply your perception of what is. And you have the power to change that perception anytime you wish. So here we go. I want you to ask yourself a few questions. And if any of these statements apply to your thought process, write them down. So here's the first one. Do you always have to be right? Do you blame others so that you can always be right? Are you walking over another person's boundaries without thinking about his or her feelings? You know how those boundaries work. Oh my gosh, I just talked to one of my clients this morning about her own boundaries at home because she's supporting them completely. And neither of her family members are stepping up and they're walking over her boundaries. Is it your practice to think and talk about only you, you, you? Is that all you talk about is yourself all the time? Because it's so much better if others talk about you. And then others trust you more because they hear it from people other than you. Do you anger easily and take control of every decision making others feel as if they must walk on eggshells to keep the peace? Hmm, I've had that before. Are you a liar telling stories that aren't true except in your own mind? Have you been critical and judgmental while hurting another's feelings? Wow, that goes on a lot. I hear it a lot. And a lot of people are very, very afraid of being judged. So they won't even step into who they truly are because of that fear. Here's another one. Is it your nature to blame everyone else but yourself? I had a situation the other day where somebody said to me, oh, you're always blaming others. You always, you never... You never say that it's your fault. Well, I know that's not true because I take responsibility for my own faults. I know them quite well. And I didn't feel judged because that was something that they do themselves and reflected onto me. So is it your nature to blame everyone but yourself? Are you a downer thinking only negative thoughts and whining to anyone who will listen. Have you ever heard or run away from those people that tell the same story over and over and over again? You know, I find myself running into the bathroom, hiding behind the door, or really getting involved in a conversation so that I don't have to listen to somebody else's same story. So I try to turn away from them so I don't have to hear it again. Do you harbor resentments and hate toward others and cast them out of your life? Oh, my gosh, that is so painful. When you cast others out of your life, suddenly you're standing alone. Have you abused, lashed out, or physically hurt those closest to you? Is it your selfish way or the highway? Oh, my gosh, I've certainly been involved with those kind of people. And they don't even allow you to express an opinion. Have you stolen the attention in another's moment of glory? We see this with bosses a lot because someone who works so hard on a project for their boss gets so upset when their boss takes all the glory and they get none of it. Are you addicted to alcohol or drugs while saying you're fine and that you've got it all under control? So I ask you, how many on this list do you identify with? Who are you hurting? Why are you lashing out and causing pain for yourself and others? If you're seeing and experiencing lots of challenges that cause you pain, honey, it's you, I gotta say. You are the one ingredient that is always the same in the mix and it's you that has the power to figure out and change it. If you choose not to change your ways, the universe won't be open to creating a better life for you. So I ask you to look into these things that you are challenged with and you may be wondering why you're challenged and it may have nothing to do with the life you are experiencing today. And that's where our special guest for tonight comes in. This woman, I so admire because she was a scientist at the University of Oxford for 14 years before she was invited to work in the US biotechnology industry as an alien of extraordinary ability. Her early research pioneered the use of disrupted technology to enhance healthcare through genetic diagnostics. Now, since her move to California, this wonderful woman has applied her love of genetics to understanding the scientific basis of integrative medicine. And her passion is to provide empirical evidence of the alt alterations to our cells, which occur when our innate healing capacity is activated. Do you know she's done a TEDx talk at Winni- Winnipeg? And she is absolutely amazing. She's going to explain to us why these things happen to us genetically. Let's welcome Dr. Colvinder Kaur. Welcome to the show, Colby. I'm so glad you're here with us. Oh, well, I'm so
2: delighted to be here, and Thank you so much for the invitation.
1: Oh, you are certainly welcome. And what I love about you is you look at this behavior from a genetic advantage, don't you?
2: Absolutely. That introduction was extraordinary, actually. And when you were listing all of those things, it was just blowing my mind because I was realizing that many people listening this evening may be saying yes to many of those things on your list but not even necessarily knowing where or why that behavior is occurring for them and it's really difficult to change a behavior when you don't know where the origins of that behavior are so um yeah that really blew my mind to really put it in that context so thank you for that because oh you're um, welcome Yeah, so many of those behaviors that you described this evening are very, very deeply embedded in our subconscious,
1: Um,
2: and uh, that's really what I'd love to explore with you and the listeners this evening is how we can really look at um, clearing, that's such a great word, clearing those subconscious programmings, where they might originate from, and why it is that they don't belong to us so we can let them go in this lifetime, in this present moment, and clear them. Um, through an awareness of where they might have originated.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know some of it's environmental stimuli, but then there's the genetic side, and that's what you're so well aware of. So would you explain to us how you see this? Yeah, I'd love to. So as you were speaking just now, um,
2: I was really thinking about how those behaviors in many, many people would have been potentially encoded um, by something that their grandparents or great-great-grandparents may have experienced. And I guess probably the easiest way to really explain that is um, through my own experience. Um, I I come from a background of... Um, and my background is actually of Indian heritage, and so I'm from a sect... Of Indian culture, where sex was the untouchable sex, actually it's the sex um, that's essentially a slavery sex. So in my genes, my grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, my they would throughout my whole lineage they would have had a consciousness of a poverty consciousness of not being entitled to earn money because it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't appropriate for an untouchable to earn money. So um, that deeply embedded in my subconscious, so clearing that has been a huge um, stepping stone on my path to financial freedom.
1: Um, And you know, I find that very interesting because a big part of my book, Selling Through Your Heart, is about mm -hmm. sales, and I can teach Mm -hmm. them the steps for sales, but Mm -hmm. I cannot shift their mind so that they can look at it differently. So talk to us about those fears and how they crop up. Well, when something like this is so
2: deeply embedded in your subconscious, it's actually a part of you. And there's a really new area of science now where we can actually, when I say it's a part of you, I mean it's actually encoded in your genetic makeup. And so as scientists, there's an area of science called epigenetics right now where we're starting to understand whereabouts in our genetics these, uh, you could call them biomarkers or signatures, but we can call them poverty consciousness signatures might reside in our genetic makeup. And so once we can recognize, well, this individual happens to have in their lineage, somewhere in their lineage, this individual has had an experience which has made their genes that they've inherited from their ancestors um, express in a behavior that makes them feel that they're not entitled to money, they'll subconsciously sabotage themselves. But just in the knowing that this is something that's encoded in the, an individual's genes, um, just that awareness that takes you one step further towards the clearing of that. Um, and the clearing of that can occur in, in many ways. I love that you mentioned Meditation and writing, I think that's such a beautiful practice. And so what we know um, as scientists is that meditation actually changes the expression of our genes. It switches certain genes on and it switches certain genes off. So imagine meditating with the consciousness of, I have a poverty consciousness gene switched on right now. And I'm going to sit down in meditation this evening with the intention of shifting the expression of that poverty consciousness gene. It's a kind of out there theory, but it's actually being backed up and corroborated by some very, very strong science right now too, which makes it much easier to stomach for us when we sit and listen to somebody talking about the fact that we can change our genes, being able to actually see it on a piece of paper. This gene was switched on at a given moment in time and now it's switched off or vice versa. makes it much more tangible for us to really understand
1: well it really adds a lot of hope so my question is in listening Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. you know how long would we need to meditate in order to switch that that fear gene off how how does that work uh initially
2: there's been some incredible studies actually there was one just published out of a really really um well-known academic institution just two years ago showing that just sitting down for 15 1-5 minutes of meditation actually changed the expression of genes involved in stress response. So it switched off genes that were involved in um, in, uh, um, in kind of stressful behavior and it switched on genes that were involved in telomere maintenance and mitochondrial function and um, genes that contribute to what contributed towards longevity and um and ease of being
1: Hmm. okay so back up for me just Mm -hmm. a minute okay Okay. you used a couple of words i don't think our listeners would understand so um could you go back to what you were just talking about and give us a couple of definitions
2: absolutely so the telomeres i mentioned they um are parts of our genetics that actually you can measure them and see how old a given individual is. So the older you are, over time, the ends of your genes, they'll um, wear down. And one of the benefits of meditation is that these genes that maintain um, our DNA actually don't wear down. Um, It actually reverses that aging process. Um, Mm. And the same can be said for balancing out our genetics of so when we're talking specifically about having inherited um, a gene that isn't that isn't serving us or is expressing or is switched on when it ought not be switched on, just sitting in meditation with the intention of really balancing out our genes so that it's more in line with our personal well-being in our personal empowerment through life is a a really great way to start the clearing as you mentioned it's
3: mm-hmm. such a
2: great word to use um, because it really does, it clears those subconscious blocks and what we're talking, I mean I think you, many people may have known throughout history that sitting doing yoga, meditation, or whatever it is going out walking in nature and really mulling on these things, maybe journaling actually clear our subconscious blocks. But actually being able to see what those subconscious blocks are and know that they're present and then meditating with that specific intention is is even more powerful.
1: Mm hmm. And and so if people have I I see so many angry people, I'm sad to Mm -hmm. say it, but I see a lot of angry people. And as you know, Colby, I work only with heartfelt, loving people. Mm. Um, And and that's why I surround myself with Mm -hmm. them. But I do witness a lot of angry people and I I don't know how to support them. Um, and, And I watch them. Mm. verbally abuse each other let me put Mm -hmm. it that way so how do you how do you get them to recognize what they're doing that's part of why I wrote what I did in the book was so that they could maybe visualize what they do um, Mm. and then uh, set an attention an intention to change that how does that work (laughs) so have a slight uh,
2: anecdotally say a little story around that because I think it's a great question and, and I've had a very different perspective towards angry people ever since I began to understand this way of looking at how an individual expresses themselves in this lifetime based on what it is that their what what their genetic download is and um, I had an incident just uh, about a year ago now where I had um, encountered a gentleman who was having a particularly angry episode. And uh, I tell the story in my TED talk. What I actually really wanted to do, the anger, was directed towards me. And I, I felt actually it was interesting to witness my own behavior. I felt nothing but compassion for him. But the reason I say that is because all I wanted to do in that moment was to ask whether he might um, consider giving me a, a urine sample so that I could actually show him what the molecular markers of his anger w- were in that given moment. They would, have been...
1: <laughs> would you mind peeing into this bottle? <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Can you imagine being able to see um, how
2: your behavior, firstly, was affecting your cells and your DNA. So everything that I just spoke about, about meditation in terms of how it contributes to our, um, our longevity and our healthy living the opposite happens in, angry, in, in anger so we actually age ourselves considerably when we're angry we um, I mentioned the telomeres we actually shorten them much more rapidly um, our cells don't respond very well to anger the stress response in the body is pretty severe it's very very harsh on our system so just being able to stop that Particular individual in that moment and say to him, for one second, just stop and have a look at what you're doing to your body, and then, secondly, um, I'm sorry that this happened to you. There's something, there's a real imbalance in your, in yourself right now. But if you were to address, and if you were to go through some practices that might help you to address them, then your cells would come back into into balance and this behavior that you're experiencing may um, may not will transform into a behavior that may serve you and society-wide um, much more effectively than expressing anger. So I think mm. there's, a, there's a real interesting way of being able to have much more compassion for individuals when you recognize that their behaviors are, are some total of their traumas but also a potential in to offer them opportunities for really shifting those behaviors based on showing them exactly why they, that, that irrational or impulsive behavior manifests as anger.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and do you think um, that this has anything to do with the Alzheimer's response or the dementia, scientifically? Yeah, I think it's really interesting.
2: I'm not that familiar with either of those things, but what I do know is that um, our neural anatomy really does respond to... Um, I mean, I've been studying it in the context of yoga, and both of those um, conditions are very, very strongly related to a neural anatomy that's no longer serving us. So I think they're all interconnected. So if we could start to really at the beginning of the decline of the neural anatomy inside of those um, states of being start looking at how we might begin to reverse them before before they get to the point of no return. I think that would be really interesting but yeah, I agree. I think they are all interconnected and finding ways to really rewire our brain or access different areas of our brains or Rebalance the hemispheres of our brains are, are really powerful in doing exactly that. And um, in my personal experience, and some of the research that I'm doing right now, I've I've found that there are some very powerful ancient ancient technologies around breathwork and movement and um, vocalizations that can really start to work on that.
1: Hmm. You know, um, I think it's really interesting to watch people's behaviors. And since Mm -hmm. I wrote that book and put that whole list there, there's not many people that aren't in one of those categories is what I've found. And I love to just observe and watch how people interact with others. Do you find that you are that way as well? Oh, completely.
2: Me too. Except much of the time when I'm observing, I'm thinking to myself, wow, maybe uh, in your ancestry, ancestral lineage you experienced this, or gosh, I wonder if you were from this particular area. I am oftentimes find myself making up stories about uh, what their trauma might have been or what kind of a childhood an individual might have had or what uh, somebody's early learning might have been. And uh, because I think that uh, you can... At least in my experience, there are certain behaviors that uh, really do speak to this idea that um, we have acquired behaviors based on our experiences that once we understand they no longer belong to us, we can really start to address. So, absolutely.
1: So, mm -hmm. all right. So, we're going to take a short break, and then when we come back... I'm going to ask Colby about the ancestry and how that plays a role in our lives and our behavior. We'll see you in just a minute. Attention
3: Sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now.
4: The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style and how I would like to approach people. And it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional but still very warm and nurturing.
3: I invested in Shirlene's Compelled to Sell sales training program, and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, because I wanted to sort of up level my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients and your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income, go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com.
1: and welcome back to the show. I always appreciate the listeners because I know that that it resonates with so many of you and I appreciate that you're here with us. And this is Charlene Reeves your host and I'm here with Dr. Kalvinder Carr and we've been talking about genealogy and how it affects our temperament our fears our financial situation and I promised before we went into the break that I was going to talk to her about the ancestry because she is so well aware and I saw her do her TEDx talk in Winnipeg and she had these phenomenal slides which I'm sorry you can't see but she really understands ancestry and how all this comes into our lives so i wanted to ask you colby and it, your, her friends call her colby and she happens to be one of my friends one of my I dear do. friends <laughs> um how ancestry plays into this what you know can we blame our ancestors for our behavior blame is <laughs> <Plain's> an interesting
2: <laughs> word but we are definitely influenced by our um, by our lineage and not just in the way that we might think. So we might often think that we mimic the behavior of our parents or our grandparents, but it actually runs much deeper than that. Um, It's an area of science that is really very new indeed but is gaining some fantastic traction thanks to a really great study that was performed um, just two years ago now. And it actually was um, performed because some scientists were observing um, poverty cycles. They were working in um, Atlanta, Georgia, in inner city, uh, with inner city populations there. And they noticed this, um, what they call this seemingly unbreakable cycles of poverty and drug addiction um, and homelessness. And they just felt that there was something more in these children who were going through these cycles of poverty that that... was attributed to so much more than them just being just mimicking their parental behaviour. So they devised a very interesting experiment. After going back to the laboratory, they actually created a mouse model. So they trained a mouse to fear a particular scent. So they would uh, expose this mouse to a given scent, and at the same time, they would um, they would. Uh, give the mouse a small electric shock. So, over time, this mouse became conditioned to fear the small electric shock, or to fear this scent, because they knew that they would be in pain when they um, when when they uh, were exposed to this scent. Sorry, I didn't explain that too well. So, they're exposed to a scent, and they get an electric shock, and then they become afraid of the scent. Um, but what was really remarkable. About about this particular study is that they then went on to breed from that original mouse, and what they found was astonishing. They found that the great-great grandchildren of that original mouse was fearful of that scent, even though it had never been exposed to the electric shock. Um, Mm. And then they explored this, yeah, I know, precisely. It's amazing. It it is. They'd found a subconscious and irrational, because there was no reason for these mice to fear this sense. So it's completely irrational and it's completely embedded in the subconscious. Um, but they found that these, mal- these great-grandchildren of these mice feared a sense that their grandparents had come to associate with with pain. Um, hmm. And the way we can think about how that might apply for us is that... Um, Oftentimes in our ancestral lineage, our grandparents would have had reason to act in a certain way. So the grandparents of these mice had reason to be afraid of this scent. But the current generation of mice have no reason. And that's why I think the clearing is so crucial. Um, And the clearing... So the um, missing part of this story is that they found the genes that were changed. They found which genes were Switched on in these mice, which weren't switched on in mice that didn't fear the scent, but um, accounted for this irrational behaviour. And they were able to reverse that by removing the um, the molecules that, or the the small um, parts of the genome that made that uh, gene switch on. They were able to remove those, and the mice no longer feared the scent. So we can really Think in terms of clearing. How can we apply that paradigm to us, so our ancestors have encountered stimuli that meant to. In my particular um, example, my ancestors were not permitted to have money. So, um, but in so, and that was right for them because had they had money, they would have been punished. But I, in my generation, living where I do, no longer need to have that. But the irrational subconscious fear of that is still present for me. So knowing that is a great, as I mentioned earlier, is a great step towards um, clearing it. But it's, it's really crucially important that we're aware that m- much or many of our subconscious behaviors in this lifetime may well have been encoded either by something that uh, happened to us in very early childhood or during um, in utero development or indeed in our ancestral lineage.
1: Mm. You know, it, it amazes me. Um, I did a whole segment on in, in the book on why coaches fear asking for money or what they think mm-hmm. about money. You know, I think a lot of our parents went through the depression and had very mm-hmm. very little money, and it was okay. all the saying, "Money doesn't grow on trees." You know, mm-hmm. uh, money is evil. Um, rich people do ugly things with money, um, money is dirty. And yeah, I did check that out. It's got like 17,000 germs on every <laughs> 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 one. But the, we we came up with all of these comments that came from our parents, and I'm sure they came from their parents and, and the lineage long before that. Hmm. Yeah, you're
2: absolutely right. And I know I keep coming back to this, but I just love the way you expressed it in clearing. So now we know that that fear, which we've inherited and um, is present for us, is irrational and and no longer serves us. That's the point. It may have served our ancestors, which is why they expressed it so strongly that it was able to be inherited and passed down. But now at this present moment that fear is no longer necessary for our survival and just knowing that and allowing that to become your truth is hugely important that the, that the fear no longer serves us um, but you know the choosing-
1: they can, you can work it so that you know mentally that it mm-hmm. doesn't serve you but how do you get it out of the rest of you I mean, it keeps coming back, right? Uh, It can. I think that that's where
2: a lot of these practices, which really work on remapping our neural anatomy around these ideas of fear and and lack. So it really takes concerted effort. I wouldn't suggest it was easy, but I think the first step towards that is an acknowledgement and a recognition that this fear... No longer serves me and doesn't even belong to me. And then some real concerted work around understanding exactly why that, where that fear came from. Uh, I found it really useful in my own personal experience to really research my ancestral lineage, and it was such a revelation um, to me personally to really look at my current behaviours and really understand. Well, gosh, that one probably came from. This part of my human history, where um, there was a lot of unworthiness or a lot of uh, a lot of lack, um, but that's not <clears throat> my current reality. So, just that shift in perspective was huge for me personally. And um, I think even in that shift, we—I strongly—I I, as I walk through the world every single day, I marvel at what a miracle that. Human body is is one of the reasons I also, as you mentioned earlier, love to observe people because we are walking. There's no other word than miracle. This human body that we have is—you can't even conceive of just how magnificent it is, and it has a capacity to do so much. So I think you mentioned, um, you know, how powerful we are in being able to attract that which we want. So. Even just putting that idea into your consciousness in a really strong, concerted way and fully believing in the magnificence and the magnitude of our power is a really great first step, I think, to knowing that that um, that, that, that fear is no longer serving us. And As I mentioned, for me it was really useful doing the research, looking at where in my genetic code that could be embedded and then really doing a lot of work around... Okay, so maybe, um, I don't know, maybe my, as a result of my <clears throat> past of, of slavery and, and, um, and um, oppression, um, uh, a, a certain gene in my brain isn't really switched on right now. I'm going to really work with switching that gene on and really work with rebalancing my own brain. And I personally found... Breathwork and yoga to be very effective in that um, to really rebalance and and find and find integrity in and in how I want to live my life right now.
1: So Colby, um, if somebody wanted, I mean, first of all, how would somebody know if their behavior is coming from their ancestors or if it's something that they've actually? Um, what do I want to say, taken mm-hmm. on in their own personality? How would they know that?
2: Um, so firstly, well, I again, I can only speak to my own experience. I've really looked at my behaviors and just really tried to map them out to, can I explain why I behave like this, yes or no? And oftentimes if it's no, then I can really start researching, well, can the reason for why I behave like this, be explained by something in my lineage, yes or no. Mm -hmm. But um, really, it's a a personal journey of self-discovery, I think. I would, uh, our irrational responses, I think that's one of the things. If we continue to behave in a way that doesn't serve us and find it difficult to change that, then chances are that that may well be something that's encoded in your subconscious. Because we, irrational behaviors, a lot of the time, can be from our ancestral lineage. Because of the very nature that that word, they're irrational. We do them. We perform these behaviors, even in the knowing that they don't serve us or or um, they're not good for us. We still engage in those behaviors. Um, so I think that a lot of much of the time, those could be the and un- genetically imprinted behaviors and and. Uh, the rest of the time we're just acting out from our personal environment or or whatever it is we're doing but most of the time it's a combination of both of those things i would say a lot of the time we're you know we're behaving from a space of our programming plus our current environment Mm
1: -hmm. so the first thing is to identify it right Mm -hmm. And then the second thing might be to set an an intention prior to doing your yoga or your meditation Mm -hmm. to turn that gene off, right?
2: Yeah, even more simply than that, to just address that behavior that isn't empowering, um, yeah, which would then Mm -hmm. have the knock-on effect of potentially shifting the gene expression to a more aligned version of yourself. But even mm-hmm. it, it, you don't even have to go down to the molecules, the body can often take care of that itself. Just having an awareness that uh, this behavior is irrational doesn't seem to belong to me and I would really like to rid myself of this fear. Um, just even setting that idea for um, the body will align itself to uh, around that intention and you'll see elk shift.
1: Yeah, and our, our body is really amazing. I mean, I, oh. I haven't done the kind of work you've done on, from the scientific perspective, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to have you on the show because it's so unique and so different. Mm, um, you. <clears throat> but I do work from the conscious level where I mm-hmm. actually work with people on their behavior, especially when it comes to interacting and building relationships because yep. if they can learn how to build relationships, then... Everything changes in their lives. Oh, absolutely. That's huge. Um, and interactions
2: are really healing as well. They can really be mirrors to us and um, mirrors to where it is that we want to focus our intentions and our attention.
1: Yes. So the First thing is to identify it. That's a big thing. That's why I went through that list was so that people could identify Mm. their own behaviors. And then Mm. the next thing might be look around and who might have given you this idea that it works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because none of those behaviors work, right? None Mm -hmm. of them. And then it's to change the way you look at things. I was just discussing with someone the other day um, about how it's so important that we step into who we are, because if we can step into who we are, then we can make a tremendous amount of money just being that person. But Um, if we're afraid to be who we are, it doesn't work at all. Mm. And I'd like to address that fear because it pops up in sales all the time. So mm-hmm. what do you see, you know, like the mice that you were talking about, suddenly mm-hmm. they all, generations later, identify differently when they when you did that experiment. So how yeah. how can people recognize this and then shift? Well, I really enjoyed
2: what you just said right now about Stepping into who we are, um, I guess for all of us, it's much easier to step into who we are when we're fully in alignment, fully in integrity, and fully expressing our truth.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I think doing that work on really bringing the body to that space, so it's going to be much easier once you're once you're in alignment to step into that aligned being.
1: I think.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I think okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I forgot what your question was. Actually, I think I don't know if I went off on a tangent, But um. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to take a short break and we're going to come back and ask Colby what her final thoughts, what her final takeaway thoughts are for you tonight and how what she has taught you can make a difference in your life.
3: in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now.
4: The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style. And how I would like to approach people and it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional but still very warm and nurturing.
3: I invested in Shirlene's uh, compelled to sell sales training program and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shalene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I chose the class, because I wanted to sort of uplevel all my sales skills. And thank you, Shalene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients and your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income, go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com.
1: And welcome back to the last segment of our show. It's just been an amazing show. We've been talking to Dr. Kulvinder Kaur. And she is going to give us some final thoughts, some benefits for how we can make this work for us and change our lives. Go ahead, share (laughs) with us your thoughts. Thank you. Well, I Mm -hmm. I, think what I would love our listeners
2: to walk away with this evening is just a real understanding that they have an opportunity to really look at some of their behaviors that are not serving them in this lifetime or in this present moment and maybe start thinking about where those behaviors might come from and just recognize that they have so infinitely closely in their power and capabilities to change those behaviors and really start living in alignment with their truth and from that space everything is possible when you're in full alignment Mm -hmm. your genes are completely balanced everything is expressing perfectly you really can achieve anything and so that's the thought i would love to leave you with just about that's a beautiful thought
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And um, she, you, uh, in two thousand seventeen, she founded Creonomics, which is a consultancy firm which specializes in empowering the wellness industry with scientific support for their offerings. And you'll want to look into Dr. Kalvinder Kaur and see what's going on because she has the inside scoop on what's going on with your genes. And I'm so glad you've been with us tonight. Thank you for joining us. We're on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And I look forward to sharing with you next week. See you then.
0: Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you gained insights that will change the way you do business, generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. Join us again next Wednesday, live at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on BBS Radio. Don't forget to get in the queue early to receive your personalized business coaching experience. And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com.